Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to Saturday Morning with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, guess what? You can email me. I'm at SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. Love to hear from you, and thank you guys for emailing me and all the comments and support. Really appreciate it. Also, you can donate um, via PayPal, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, And I want to let you know, if you miss a show or you come in the middle, you, like, didn't make the beginning, don't worry. Everything is archived. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. All the shows are archived, all the way, all 600 and something of them. <laughs> so don't worry. You just look up my name and the guest or my name and the subject matter, and something will come up if you look it up in Google. Well, this morning, wow, I got a little nervous. You made me nervous, you guys. He was like, wow, I'm really looking forward to this. He was tweeting about it. I, you know, I was like, damn, I got to do my homework. Ah! This guy, he's a writer, an editor, teacher, poet. He lives in New Orleans. Uh, but guess what? He was born in Germany. He was raised in Botswana, Tunisia, Suriname, and the United States. Wow, right? All over. Um, he devours pop culture and writes mostly jokes on Twitter. His Twitter hook is Magic K Negro, and uh, he loves music, film, comics, and even some TV, he says. Uh, this is his first book that he has written, and it is called The Ballad of Perilous Graves. But he also is a poet, um, and I did read some of his poetry. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Good morning, Alex Jennings. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for writing this beautiful, uh, wow, it's a painting. It's an illustration. It's like a triptych that keeps going. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. So let's go to the beginning. You know, we always got to go to the beginning. And I understand that you were reading at the age of four, thankfully, to your sister. What were you reading at the age of four? Uh, well, I started off with X-Men comics, oddly enough, um, and my parents and grandmother would read to me every night. Um, and, like, let's see, we went through the Narnia books, we went through Lord of the Rings, we went through all sorts of stuff. Roots? Yeah, I read about the Narnia thing, and that brought back so many memories for me. Do you know I still have my Narnia books? I'm 52, okay? I just want to put that in there. I still have my Lord of the Ring book. Like, I could not throw them away. They are on my bookshelf right now uh, from when I was younger. Um, and uh, my, my dad uh, also read to me uh, when I was younger. 
You, how how much how much did that impact you? Them them reading to you. If they didn't read to you, do you think you'd be the same person? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, we had a rule in my house instituted by my grandmother that no one was allowed to speak to me in baby talk. Um, they had to use full sentences and address me as a human being. And I think between <laughs> that and uh, and being read to, it really helped form my early impressions of the world and, and what stories meant. So what was your favorite? Um, I, I, I did read that X-Men was um, one of the first ones, but do you have a favorite comic now as an adult? Do you, do you continue to read them? I do continue to read them. And honestly, like what's been going on with the X-Men for the past couple of years has been amazing. Um, you know, they've got this whole thing where the X-Men have all banded together, even with their villains, to try and, and stop normal humans from murdering their people. And, you know, like what with everything going on in uh, our country today, that really resonates with me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember I was introduced to comics actually by a boyfriend um, because uh, I, I know we used to go to this comic book store in Philadelphia and uh, Sandman became my favorite comic. And uh, even as an adult, I have reread Sandman comics, and I'm still uh, in, in love with them. Um, and uh, it's just amazing. Now, you know, some people think, well, comics are just words. There's really no storyline. What do you have to say to those people? Oh, there's there's a lot of great and rich stories in comics, like, even in the superhero comics, but there's there's also a diversity of, like, genres and moods. Um, one of my favorite comics of all time is Akira, the Japanese manga. Um, mm. A lot of people are familiar with, uh, you know, the feature film that was made um, as an adaptation, but the comics themselves are, like, truly astonishing, some of the best I've ever read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever try to make your own comic, like draw or illustrate your own comic? Well, I did when I was a kid. I, I, I'd say visual art isn't really where my uh, talents lie, so I've done a better job writing comic scripts. Um, they haven't been <laughs> produced yet. Now, what about this book here, this Ballad of Perilous Graves, the the – the cover is beautiful. Who designed the cover for you? Okay, her name, let me, boy, she, she's Von Brooklyn on Twitter. Um, her name is Lisa Marie Pompilio. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, but she is truly amazing. Like, they, they asked me about some ideas for the cover, and, like, I gave them some impressions, and then when she came back with this, it, it involves none of the ideas that I've mentioned, and it was also absolutely perfect. Like, I love this cover so much. So what were your ideas? Um, I, I was thinking, like, something that looked kind of like a stained glass window, you know, like, like the ones in the Catholic churches that have uh, the Stations of the Cross. Um, I was thinking something along those lines, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't think of, uh, piano that's also a gravestone. Uh, it's just perfect. And like they, they did this thing with the cover where if you look at it through Google, it's animated. 
And, like, I, when I saw that, that blew me away. No way. If you look at it through, oh, okay, I'm going to have to do that. Yes, because it has, like, the skeleton and the gravestone and um, the piano. I thought the piano was perfect because once I started reading and you have all this music in there and the importance of song uh, and, and culture in the book, so that made sense to me. And um, it, it, I just thought it was perfect for, for, for the, for the storyline. So, so let's get into the storyline. And what is this book about? What do you want people to know about this book? Well, uh, at its heart, it's a blaxploitation, pippy long-stocking adventure set in a <laughs> version of uh, New Orleans where music is a form of magic. And uh, nine songs of power have escaped from Dr. Professor's enchanted piano and manifested around the city as colorful street people. And so my title character, Perry, a failed magician, and his friends have to find the songs and return them uh, before the city crumbles. But, of course, that's complicated because one of the songs is Stagger Lee, the gangsterest gangster of all time, and he doesn't want to go back to the piano. Yeah, and, you know, I read that um, Stagger Lee is, was a real person, and you also have another real person in there, Yakumo. You want to tell us about those two people? Yeah, okay, so Stagger Lee is such Wait, Alex, you, you dropped out a little bit. Can you still hear us? Maybe call back. I think you your sound dropped out. Well, he does have another um, character. These are kind of like the scary guys, if you will, in the book. He's going to call back. Uh, who remembers Pippi Longstocking? Oh, my God, Pippi Longstocking. As a girl, I loved Pippi Longstocking because she wasn't like the stereotypical, like, oh, I'm so pretty. I'm waiting for someone to save me. Um, I thought she was a great character as a kid. Okay, this is him. Let's see. All right. Hello. Am I, am I back? Hey, Alex? Yep, you're back. Hi, okay, yeah. I can hear you. So tell okay, us about these two, these two characters, um, Yakumo and, and, and Stagger Lee. Right. So uh, Stagger Lee was a real person. His name was Lee Shelton, and he was kind of a, a gangster and low-level political operative in St. Louis around the turn of the century. And he got into an argument with his friend Billy Lyons and wound up shooting him over his Stetson hat. And uh, at that point, he kind of entered into American myth. And so Stagger Lee's spirit informs everything from the sort of like outlaw image of gangster rappers to just like, the memory and life of black America. So I knew mm. that I really wanted to include him in the book. And then, okay. um, like me, left Patty O'Hearn, um, moved down to New Orleans in, uh, I think it was the 1850s, uh, to write about the Cotton Expo here in New Orleans. And he lived here for 10 years writing about the people, the culture, and the food. And uh, afterwards, he moved on to Japan, where he was sort of adopted into Japanese culture and given the name Koizumi Yakumo, and um, he finished his life there in Japan. 
And so, you know, I, I when I started the book, I wasn't intending to include Lactadio Hearn, um, but I was writing a scene and he just kind of appeared and uh, I knew exactly what I wanted him to be. Hmm. You, you know, when I read that um, he had moved to Japan, um, it, it made me think um, about the African uh, samurai, uh, Yasuke. Uh, I had the guy on, he was a historian, and he wrote a whole book about the uh, African, uh, I, I believe he was a slave, but, you know, the guy want to argue a little bit, but I was like, you know, he's a black person. Yeah, he was working, but he was a, um, on retainer to um, this uh, Jesuit missionary, Alessandro Valignano, and he went to Japan, and he ended up becoming a samurai. Um, and um, they were supposed to be a couple of movies made about him. I don't know if you've heard about that before. Oh, I have, actually. Um, yeah, Afro Samurai, the, there was a series based on him, and then uh, I know there's been at least one or two movies, like a live-action one and an animated one, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the animated. I remember the the animated one. I I can't. I thought. Um, what's his name? Oh God, I'm I'm going blank right now. The actor who passed away from Black Panther. I thought he would have been a great um, actor to to play his his role. Uh, do, do you Boseman, have anybody? Yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Oh my God, I just went blank. Do you? Uh, is anybody approaching you about a TV show or movie? For your book? Uh, well, I mean, there's been there's been some contact, like nothing, uh, no big news on that front yet, but uh, there's something brewing. Okay, well, I I would love to see your book. I mean, because the book is so like on so many levels. It's not just like this flat. A lot of writers, you're writing a book, you have the scene, you got the door, you got the guys wearing the belt, you know, there's the desk and this and that. But you're like the clouds and the falling and the sensation and it's just like everything. It, 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 it just sucks you in with the descriptions are so uh, animated and I, I love that. Do you have a, a part you want to read today for the audience? Sure. Um, I have a section from, let's see, what chapter is this? This is chapter four, and uh, here is an incident that takes place in the summer of 2005 um, involving my um, secondary protagonist, Casey. Uh, Mm, Okay, yep, yep. I'll just get into it. Shay Lazar was situated inside a converted funeral home at the corner of St. Claude Avenue and Elysian Fields. Casey remembered finding the place after reading A Streetcar Named Desire and wondering if this was the very house Williams had described. Next door, Jean's Bakeries and the Po'boy Shop were painted a bright Pepto-Bismol pink, but Lazar's front-facing building was a simple muddy gray with dirty white trim. Casey had just bought a pack of Newports from the Robert's across the street, and Mandisa, the home's executive director, didn't have any work for him right now so he was just sitting outside sweating gently in his polo and jean shorts. Patricia, a golden-skinned mixed woman with thick blunt fingers and blurry prison tattoos, sat gabbing with Marjane, a thin Lebanese girl with sharp eyebrows and delicate wrists. Casey loved listening to them gossip and squabble companionably. 
What did you think, Kate? What did you think, though, Case? Marjane asked. What? Casey said. Of what? You read comics and shit, right? Yeah. So what about it? What do you think of that new Batman? I mean, it's the best one so far, Casey said, but there's some shit in, that don't fit with who Batman is, you heard? He, he lets Ra's al Ghul die in the train. Batman wouldn't do that shit. I mean, he said, just because I won't kill you doesn't mean I have to save you, Marjane said. Yeah, but allowing death through an action goes against the core of his character, Casey said. Bruce Wayne watched his parents die before his eyes, and he set out on a lifelong crusade to make sure nobody else goes out like that on his watch. Letting the demon's head perish, even in a wreck he caused, is antithetical to Batman's motherfucking motivation. Well, damn, Patricia said. I know, right, Marjane said. She sounded proud, and Casey stretched like a plant in direct sunlight. I told you, Casey knows all that shit. Hey, goddammit! The shout drew Casey's attention back to the street. A raw-boned black woman was charging against traffic. As she crossed the neutral ground into the uptown lanes, a rust-red Mazda 6 nearly clipped her, and the driver leaned on the horn as the car dopplered down the avenue. The woman wore what looked like a long red sleep shirt modeled with stains and old-school house slippers on her feet. Her braids had come unpinned from her skull, sticking out at odd angles. For an instant, Casey thought he heard more shouting, but if so, it was, far, it was from far off. When he moved to New Orleans for college, Casey thought he might be overwhelmed by the place, the way it seemed separate from conventional reality. He felt none of that, though, not for all that first year. Now, as sophomore year approached, he would have, he would have these moments of deja vu, these little patches of bullet time where he felt himself drifting against the surface of a giant soap bubble. The woman's hand on Casey's wrist snapped him back into his body. Please, she hissed through clenched teeth. They gonna kill me. Who? Hey, Marjane said, get inside, now. She pulled at the woman's hips, gesturing with her chin toward the building's double front doors. The woman disappeared into the office, and, and now Casey did hear shouting. A heavy-set, bullet-headed black man and a short, thick woman were crossing Elysian Fields from the downtown side, just as the other woman had. Y'all seen anybody running? The woman called. The man gained the steps. Crackhead-ass woman come this way, he demanded. His voice was flat and hard. Who y'all looking for? Patricia asked. He turned to stare at Casey. You seen her? He, he asked. You see anybody? Adrenaline brightened his vision, but Casey noticed a bulge in the man's burgundy jean shorts. It might not be a pistol, but... See who, Casey asked. What's up? Our cousin. Our cousin Marva having a psychotic break or something, the woman said as she climbed the steps. We're trying to find her and take her home. She come this way? I didn't see nobody, Patricia said. She inside, asked the man. What y'all doing here? This is a place of business, Marjane said. We work here. The man grunted, dubious, and went for the door. Nobody moved to stop him as he led his girlfriend inside. Casey, Marjane, and Patricia waited for a moment in silence. Casey didn't know whether to look at them or avert his eyes. He realized now that he was physically terrified in a way he hadn't been in years. He felt foolish in his surprise. Crazy niggas was bound to show up at a battered woman's shelter once in a while. The real surprise was that the woman on the run came from outside instead of within. Not for the first time, Casey wondered whether he should have gone with Jalen to get a job down at the Beignet stand in the city park, serving pastries and coffees in a paper hat. 
Him turning at Shea Lazar was more interesting, though. And to be honest, the fact that nobody expected him to be at work before 10 in the morning had heavily influenced his decision. The double doors opened again. Mandisa Russell stepped outside, followed by the man and, and woman. Mandisa was a round, muscular stud with a skin fade and neck tattoos from her days on the Holly Grove, in the Hollygrove projects. I get it, though, she was saying. Y'all concerned. Believe me, we see her come through, we'll let y'all know. I got, I got your cell number and everything. Didn't mean no disrespect, the woman said. Don't tell me, Mandisa said. Tell my folks out here. The man dipped his bullet head and frowned. We didn't mean nothing, he said in a, ch- in a chastened tone that made Casey wonder what Mandisa had said to him inside. We come on strong because we worried. You good, Casey said reflexively. The man held Casey's gaze for a moment then seemed to find what he was looking for. He took the woman's elbow and led her back down to the front steps. Casey watched them go back the way, the way they had come. Mendisa was the first to pull in a whooping breath. Well, yo, Patricia said and shook her head. Got her out the back before they made it inside, Mendisa said. I don't know what the fuck that was, but we need to beef up security. She made a point of finding Casey's, Casey's gaze and holding it. You good? Yeah, Casey said. Yeah, I just, I've never seen nothing like that. I'm from the suburbs. Up there in Baltimore, right, Mendisa said. Catonsville, Maryland, Casey said, yeah. If I give you the afternoon, you going to come back tomorrow? Oh, no doubt, Casey said without thinking. Instead of scaring him away, the incident had proven to him that the work they did here truly mattered. On his way back to his LeBaron, Casey checked his razor to see three missed calls and a text from Jalen. Price is right. Casey sucked his teeth. That meant he should grab his graffiti gear and come on down. All right, I'll stop there. Uh-oh. Hello? Oh, no. Can you still hear me? Can you hear me? I can me? hear you now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So if you had, I want to ask you some questions. If you had to go to Mars, what are three things you would take with you? Oh, man, three things I would take with me. Uh, well, all the water I possibly could. Um, does my spacesuit count? <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely want to take um, – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. And what else? You got one more thing. What's, what's the third thing? Well, hopefully I can combine my record player and my record collection because uh, I need some tunes on Mars. <laughs> okay, so you're going to try to combine it too. All right, another question. If you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? Oh, my God. I thought of this so often. And honestly, my usual answer has been slight, but I think now the power I would want is like super speed, like hardcore super speed, like the Flash in the comics. Okay, okay, all right. Now, what's your favorite food? New Orleans has a lot of good food down there. Do you have a favorite dish? Uh, honestly, I would say my favorite dish is probably oysters on the half shell. I just love them. And, and what do you have put the on them? Down here. I like to put on a cocktail sauce, you know, a little bit of horseradish, some lemon, some Worcestershire sauce, all that stuff. Or, or mignonette, that, that vinegary sauce that, like, okay. really brings out the flavor. 
see, I'm not an oyster, but I talked to somebody else that was from New Orleans, and, like, they were talking about eating that during, like, Thanksgiving. And I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. this is amazing how people have so many different dishes from different parts of the world. And, you know, you think yours is, like, tradition, but there's traditions, different traditions all over the place. And you have lived so many different places. Are there other dishes from the places that you live that you remember or that you like? Oh, absolutely. In, in Tunisia, we had these sandwiches called uh, tabunas, and uh, they were made with this special bread baked in a clay oven, and, like, they, the stands were everywhere. And uh, mm. you just go in, get a sandwich made, and they were, like, they're the thing that I miss the most from Tunis, I'd say. Um, okay, we've never okay. brought that over here. Wow. Well, I'm going to give away some copies of your book, so I want to encourage people to follow me on social media. And your social media hook is Magic K Negro. That's on Twitter, and that's also on Instagram, right? Yes, ma'am. And um, do you have another book already in the works? Because there could be a sequel. I mean, uh, okay, Is, is it connected or is it completely different? It's it's completely different, but I I don't think I'm through writing in this world. Like maybe not with these exact characters, because uh, I think their story is mostly at an end. But uh, the world is something I'll certainly be coming back to many times. Oh, definitely. There's a, I mean, you got a lot. You have a lot of food for fodder, as they say. I think that's the phrase <laughs> um, in, in, in that world, the upside down world. You know, or if you want to call it, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I encourage you guys to check him out. Also, he writes poetry. I read about your Superman villain, uh, extra di- extra dimensional Superman villain character in one of your poems. So he's uh, oh, multi talented. So yes, I couldn't pronounce it. I wasn't even going to try. Um, <laughs> so uh, follow him to find out what's going on with his next book. If this book is going to become a movie, uh, his other poetry, and of course his jokes. Um, Alex Jennings, thank you so much for, for coming on this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, just got off the phone with author Alex Jennings. We were talking about his book, The Ballad of Perilous Briggs. I'm going to give away a copy. As you know, I usually do. Follow on Twitter at Joy Keys. Check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram. And guess what? I'm about to get on Instagram right now. We're going to talk about PTSD. So uh, if you have time, you can jump on Instagram, and we'll do a, we're going to be doing a live show on Instagram. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. GOAT. G-O-A-T. Acronym. Stands for Greatest of All Time. As in, spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.